Hey y'all, it's Jesse. We are deep in the swing of the holidays. So if you haven't already, make sure you check out the One Recipes holiday special wherever you get your podcasts. And to keep up with the holiday spirit, here's a special recipe from Nick Layton and Leah Bonima from the podcast Where You Raised by Wolves. Have a listen. Hey, I'm Nick Layton, and I'm one half of the podcast Where You Raised by Wolves, where each week we talk about manners, etiquette, and a lot more. And one thing you might not know about me is that I have vacationed in North Korea. And I'm Leah Bonima, and I'm the other half of Were You Raised by Wolves. Um, something people may not know about me, I'm a stand-up comic, and I think my two favorite topics are Christmas and murder. I'm Jesse Sparks, and this is The One Recipe, a podcast that asks experimental home cooks and chefs an important question. What is their one? You know, the recipe that's always a treat to make and eat. This week, we're talking about recipes we love and love to share even more with Nick Layton and Leah Bonima. Nick and Leah are the hosts of the comedy podcast, Were You Raised by Wolves? Hey, Leah. Hey, Nick. Hello. Hello. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so great to have you both. Also, that was perfect unison. Some people do think we're the same person. We are slowly becoming the same person. <laughs> So a lot of people may know you from the podcast that you two co-host together called Were You Raised by Wolves, which looks at etiquette and manners from all these different angles. But they also might recognize you from your individual careers. Leah, from all of your stand-up comedy, all of your writing, all of your international tours. Nick, from your time creating and hosting Emmy-winning content. You both have done so much. But when it comes to food, people might not know just how different your cooking backgrounds are. Can you kind of describe for people where both of you fall on the spectrum from total beginner to complete expert? Well, for me, I actually went to cooking school, believe it or not. So long story short, I grew up in sort of a hippy-dippy household, and mm -hmm. it was mostly macrobiotic, uh, which is sort of vegan adjacent. Uh, it's uh, pretty strict. And we didn't have any refined sugar. Uh, there was no animal products. I don't think we even had peanut butter. I'm not sure why that was. That might have been unrelated. But we didn't grow up with peanut butter either. <laughs> and so it was a lot of carob. It was a lot of uh, brown rice. And so in my teenage rebellion, I was like, oh, you know what, mom and dad? I'm going to go to cooking school. And I'm going to learn French pastry. And I'm going to eat butter and white sugar and white flour. And what are you going to do about it? So that was my style of teenage rebellion. That's amazing. <laughs> so during high school, I went to a cooking school in San Francisco uh, at night and on weekends. It was like a professional six-month program. And I, I was the youngest in my class, at least. And I, I went for it. So uh, the recipe we're going to talk about today actually comes from that cooking school. Ooh, all right. I'm so excited. But Leah, where do you kind of fall on the spectrum? I mean, on that spectrum, I would say I was far, far down. I feel like Nick was a professional <laughs> as a teenager. Do you know what I mean? A, a plus in it at 15. Right. I'm a very good eater. I don't know if we could say I, I'm a professional eater, I would say. I also grew up in a family who did a lot of cooking. Both of my parents are great cooks. And I also, maybe this is where Nick and I began our journey together, grew up in a family that tried to pass carob off as a real dessert. And <laughs> although actually, as an adult, 
I'm kind of into carob now. As I don't an know adult, what it is. But that you go, right? I feel like you go away and come back. Now you're like, Full oh, circle. this is good. But at the time yeah. you're like, I want crap. We, we did a lot of like family bake. Like we made homemade granola. We would make pesto for the year. It, when I was young, we actually like pickled our own cucumbers and did jams and jellies. Ooh. But really my, my parents are fantastic cooks. And I'm good at like a big meal. Like if you were like, hey, let's do Thanksgiving. But I've sort of dropped the ball on regular cook. I eat a lot of condiments. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just ketchup, just mainlining yeah, mustard. I will just, I will just, just take a relish. <laughs> salsa and, is a food group. Salsa is, I have like seven salsas going right now in my fridge. <laughs> just rotating them as it as you see fit. Yeah. Well, hey, we love everyone here. It all works. Since you already brought up this recipe from culinary school, can you tell me a little bit about what your one recipe is? So today we're going to talk about the cranberry upside down cake. And this comes from my teacher, Kathy Burgett. And I think we all have teachers we grew up with. And these are people in our lives that were like really influenced us in some way. And a lot of times it's like your kindergarten teacher or your like middle school teacher. But for me, it was really Kathy. And she really like opened my eyes to the world of food and cooking and how to think about food and cooking and just like philosophically, like, what does it mean? Uh, and also technique. Uh, when it comes down to pastry, it's all about technique. And I can still hear her voice in my head anytime I'm cooking. No knives at the sink. Hot behind. You know, if you're carrying a hot tray through a kitchen. <laughs> right. uh, you know, all these things. And and just like the things to look for and what matters. And also, what doesn't matter? You know, a lot of times when we're cooking, we get so hung up. They're like, oh, it has to be perfect. It has to be this. And a lot of times, it does not. Like, a lot of it is just food science, and there's just a way to do it. But a lot of it is like, no, we don't have to be that concerned. So she really helped me just love baking and cooking. And for that, I'm forever grateful. The way I approach everything in life, I do approach as a baker. You know, little precision is nice sometimes. Planning ahead, measuring before you start. Like, all of that, I think I do in everything in my life. Oh, I love that. I do love that. So this recipe comes from cooking school. And what I also love is that it's an upside down cake. And for whatever reason, when something is upside down, it feels more fancy, right? It does. Oh, this is such a flex. Right? Absolutely. And I don't know why that is, but there is something about flipping something over, which is like, oh, this took got elevated. So I really right. love that. I was nervous. When I saw upside down, I was like, oh, this is pro, Nick. This is pro. Right? Also, what I love about this recipe is that I have a kitchen in New York City where I live, and I just measured it just to make sure I was accurate. I have exactly four <laughs> square feet of counter space. <laughs> oh my, my counter God. is two feet <laughs> by two feet, and that's what I have to work with. And I do have a KitchenAid six-quart mixer in this house, which goes <laughs> under the sink, and it's like Tetris to trying to get it out. Like, you really got to have a plan for it. And you have to use your whole apartment in New York City when you cook. So, like, there's going to be baking sheets in the living room. You got to use the living room tables for stuff. But I like this recipe because it's very easy. Just throw together. Uh, I can get this into the oven in probably eight minutes. I just, When I did it, I timed myself, Ooh. including the mise en place. I was like, we're ready to go. It actually takes longer to preheat the oven than actually make this cake. So, for all of these reasons, <laughs> uh, you know, what is there not to like? Oh, and actually, the best That's amazing. Reason, as long as I'm on a roll here. Go for it. The best reason is that I call this a breakfast cake. And so it lives in this world where it's like, you can have it after dinner, a little chantilly, a little ice cream, great. Or next morning with coffee, amazing. So oh what is not to like? 
Nick, this is the perfect recipe all around. Easy, not going to ruin your entire home necessarily. Yeah. And you can have it for dessert or breakfast. It's both. And Leah, you said you had made this recently too. How was your experience of it? I know that you are not as confident in the baking world as Nick has been. So I'm curious to hear how you kind of felt about it. I was very excited. Um, I ended up swapping out a few items um, because uh, cranberries were nowhere to be found. I don't know if Los Angeles has gone on a cranberry strike, but I was like, "Uh uh-oh. And also, I'm I'm allergic to wheat, so I swapped out my flowers. So I was very interested to see if this – I was afraid it was going to be like a total fail. It looked very different than Nick's, but it was actually very delicious. So good that I actually invited uh, friends over to eat with me, which I think it really taps into my – how I feel about food, which is sort of like – It's nurturing people and, you know, how you show people that you care about them. It was a wonderful experience. Oh, my gosh. That's the highest praise possible. Not only did you make it and it worked out okay, but also you were like, no, other people need to see this. Like, (laughs) there's no other hallmark of confidence or like that we did this correctly than when you're ready to show it to the world. The reason why I also picked this recipe is that your show is called One Recipe, and there's two of us. Yes. And we were like, can we have two recipes? And you're like, no, the show is called One Recipe. So we had to find one recipe that sort of made sense for the both of us. And Leah loves Christmas. This is one of her fun facts. She Love. loves nothing more than Christmas. That is very She's true. written a romance novel about Christmas. She is an authority on the holiday. And I thought that the cranberry was Christmassy. So regardless of what time she was going to bake this, regardless of what time this episode is going to air, it's always Christmas in Leah's heart. Nick is absolutely... I I love Christmas. One could say obsessed. My morning alarm is actually Christmas music 365 days a year. That being said, (laughs) I was psyched about the cranberries. That's why I was sort of... I called Nick and I was like, I I don't know what this cranberry situation is. So I I did switch it, but I I would eat it at Christmas. And of course, I ate it with Christmas in my heart, even though it wasn't cranberries. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that so much. Okay, so the two of you have done such a great job really talking up this recipe and kind of making a case for us to make a little more room for Christmas in our hearts. (laughs) Nick, can you walk us through each step of the recipe? Sure. So super easy recipe. You basically take a cake pan. Uh, I like an eight inch. Use a nine. Do you. Live your truth. And you put (laughs) parchment down and we butter it and we toss in a bunch of sugar and we toss in our cranberries. And then we basically cream together butter and sugar like we're making a cake. We add in some eggs. We add in our dry ingredients and then you get it into the oven. And I think the only pro tip is just this uses baking powder. And whenever we're using baking powder, we don't want to overmix because we all remember how we make like volcanoes in elementary school where we add vinegar and mm-hmm. baking soda and bubbles are released. And so once you add moisture to your cake, bubbles are being released. So you got to get it into the oven quickly and you don't want to overmix. That's why we say don't overmix because the bubbles are going to get popped. And uh, yeah. then you get into the oven and then that's it. Make sure you let it cool real good before you flip it over because you want the cranberry pectin to kind of gel together and then you flip it over and then that's it see so easy so straightforward leah can you talk to me a little bit about how you were feeling at each step of the way did you have any hesitations were you intimidated by 
the big flip that was losing on the horizon? I was nervous about the flip, especially since I didn't use cranberries. So I thought it would maybe not be quite as sticky. So I gave it a little bit longer to cool. I was also very pleasantly surprised that I had parchment paper. And it's because my boyfriend is a great cook and he cooks chicken on parchment. But it wasn't me who did it, but we had it. So (laughs) we also have a mixer. I mean, I knocked it out. I can't believe that I was this prepared. So uh, I felt like the directions, like for a beginner such as myself, I was able to follow along. What fruit did you end up using? I used blueberries. Ooh. And they were very pretty. That's perfect. Leah is from Maine. So I guess there is no other fruit choice for you. I mean, you got to work a blueberry in, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Nick, Leah, thank you so much for being here. It's been great to chat with you. Thank you for having us. Leah Bonema and Nick Layton are the co-hosts of the podcast, Were You Raised by Wolves? You can find the recipe for that cranberry upside down cake on Instagram at the.one.recipe and at theonerecipe.org. Oh, and don't forget to like and subscribe. And if you really love the show, share it with your friends. It makes a world of difference. This week's episode was made for you by producer Erica Romero, associate producer Ren Farrell, technical director Alex Simpson, and digital producer James Napoli. Sally Swift is our managing producer. APM Studios executives in charge are Chandra Kavati, Alex Schaffer, and Joanne Griffith. Beth Perlman is our executive producer. The One Recipe was created by Sally Swift and Erica Romero. I'm Jesse Sparks. This is APM Studios. Go make some magic.